Hey everybody, this week I'm pretty much obsessed. We're going to talk about the new Batman and Spider-Man movies that are coming out uh, and filming now. Uh, we talk about the brand new Luke Cage series on Netflix and talk a little bit about uh, Daredevil Season 1, as well as going over a bunch of comics for old and new readers alike, including the Flintstones of all series, uh, the Batman crossover Night of the Monster Men, Superman, uh, Saga, Frostbite number one, and a whole bunch of Marvel titles that continued this week. Uh, all of that and more this week on Pretty Much Obsessed. I'm going crazy because real life sucks and I quit my job because I hate it so much. But I got new books and like they're the best so let's talk about them because I'm pretty much obsessed. Pretty much obsessed. Pretty much obsessed. Pretty much obsessed. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Pretty Much Obsessed. Oh, this we're is starting. The, we are starting, <laughs> I guess. Welcome to a very special episode of Pretty very Much special Obsessed. Very special episode. This I, is our, oh, go ahead. No, you. Please. We are in the same room together. <laughs> this is, uh, I am in Michigan. We are coming to you, not live, but uh, together from Michigan. Um, usually what we do is one of us will record the entire podcast and leave spaces for the other one to talk, and then the other one will record it days later, and so it looks like we're, uh, talking back and forth. It was really uh, rough at first, but we kind of got the hang of it. Yeah, but, uh, now we're in the same room together recording at the same time. Yeah, so I feel like it'll actually, it'll actually sound like we're, we're talking to each other. Yeah, instead of, uh, what we've been, uh, faking. Of course, none of that is true, uh, except the part where I am actually here. Um, just picture, if you will... A suburban basement studio. Uh, we're facing each other. The fire is crackling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have mugs of hot cocoa. Smoke billowing out the chimney from outside. Mm-hmm. It's raining like the Dickens. Correct. Uh, comic books. We're, we're snuggled underneath the quilted blanket that my great-grandmother left to our family. Chris is wearing a Super Mario t-shirt in which Mario is decorated in all different patterns of wallpaper and stars. Yeah, I really like um, this shirt. It's a good shirt. I can't tell you where I got it. It's trade secret. I hope the viewers at home or listeners at home are imagining a pretty bomb-ass shirt. Thank you. You have a cool shirt, too, actually. We uh, both really like each other's shirts. Yeah. Dalton's shirt says, I don't listen to this kind of music. Yeah, it's a very snobby uh, shirt representing Tiger Knee. Local New York band. Oh! They're actually playing tonight, so I guess I wore this in honor of their show. Great. Um, this is weird. It doesn't feel like we're recording a podcast. It just feels like we're just kind of sitting around chatting Which is right kind now. of the direction I want to go with this podcast, because, you know, I love doing the whole, like, we're reporters on comic books thing, but it's, like, it. it's work. I want to That requires our... work, and I don't like... That's a thing I don't like. I want to be able to play footsie with you while we... Talk about I books. I intentionally spaced us out like a bit because <laughs> I knew you were gonna get ideas, and I didn't want it to interrupt my focus. Um, so, in in getting to some breaking news here. Oh, we have breaking news. Yeah, this well, about it's, the election. It's not. No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's not that breaking anymore. It's like five. It was reported like five days ago or something. Yeah, it's but, not breaking uh, at all. Um, but it's still recent since our last episode, uh, in which the, the CEO of Time Warner has stated that the Batman solo film is about 18 months away. Okay. Um, didn't he also like publicly state that he knows the DC films haven't been good? I did not hear that, but I wouldn't be surprised because it sounds like this guy is just saying stuff. Yeah. There was like a story recently where I think it was the Time Warner CEO where he was like, yeah, we could do a little better on the creative 
or something in regards to the DC films. Making a lot of money though. <laughs> um, so, so I'm at this months away. I'm at this point. Yeah. So that would put it at March 2018. Um, and what I've seen a lot of people basically saying like, take this with a grain of salt because it's just something that this guy just kind of said one day. I think it was some some kind of conference or something. Yeah. Um, but that would put it at March 2018, and at first I was really excited to hear that because obviously I'm really excited for a new Batman movie. Uh, but at the same time, the DC Extended Universe seems to have this thing where they make movies too fast. Yeah, you and think I'm, it needs a little more breathing room? So I'm, Yeah, I'm concerned. I don't I know. I mean, 18 months is a fair amount of time, but I don't know. It does seem a little rushed from when Batman v Superman came out. Right. So I I don't know I, f- I figure they they have that must mean they're shooting now. No, not yet. I don't think they'd be shooting yet. Because doesn't post production usually take like a like a year? I don't know anything about making movies to be honest. Yeah, neither of us. We don't know what we're talking about. We don't know about, anything. But, but um, speaking of movies, uh, did you have more to talk about on this? No, okay. no, that was it. Um, I was uh, on my way home in Queens. I live in uh, Queens, uh, New York. Um, oh, this is good. This yeah. is good. You heard it here first, people. Yes. Uh, I've got spoilers for the new Spider-Man Homecoming. Wait, do you Not really? True. Not okay. really. I mean, this <laughs> very, the as minor spoilers as you can get. I was walking home from my train station, and on my block they were filming Spider-Man Homecoming, which means, canonically, uh, I am Spider-Man's neighbor. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that is now canon, uh, that he lives in my neighborhood. Um, Actually, I'm going to be putting that on your Wikipedia article. Yeah, make me a Wikipedia article that just says that. There is one. For me? For Yeah. Is that true? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like you had been creating one for years and like I was thinking about I like no. I was thinking about like trying to, like after you left, trying to make it really quick <laughs> so that when you went to check it would be there, but I, then I was like, I, I can't. I don't work. I don't even know how to do that. Um, I once changed it so that on Wikipedia it said that the director of the film Cube was Hillary Clinton, uh, and that was up for a good day or so. Is that uh, a, is, is that a, I've never heard of that it's movie. It's like a thriller movie about like this future prison where everyone's kept in like these cube cells and they try to escape and it's bad. I yeah, mean, it it's fun. It doesn't sound very good. It's fun. It's like a pulp culty kind of movie. Anyway, so. I feel like I can almost tell a little bit just from hearing the synopsis of a movie, like if it's good or not. <laughs> I mean, obviously that's an overstatement, but you know how sometimes you just hear like a a brief rundown of what goes on in a movie and you're just like, no. Don't judge a book by its cover. Judge it by a friend's rushed synopsis of it. Yes. That's Uh, my motto. Anyway, so I'm coming home from the train and uh, there had been signs in my neighborhood all week for a movie production for a film called Summer of George. And I should have known it was a fake title because Summer of George is, of course, an episode of Seinfeld. Um, and I even like took a picture of it cause I was like, oh, this is a Seinfeld thing. And I took a picture and I didn't even think about that it. That is so smart. Yeah. I never, I didn't know that that was a thing that they did when they were making movies. Yeah. But... For blockbusters, a lot of times they use like a code name. So, you know, it doesn't get out. But, uh, so I'm walking home and I see the movie crews everywhere and it's huge. I mean, this was like a huge production. And so I was like, what movie is this? So I Googled Summer of George and immediately found like this article about them filming in Atlanta and that it was Spider-Man Homecoming. And I was like, oh shit. And so... So when they filmed it in Atlanta, they also put up they, signs yeah, saying Summer, Summer of George. George. That's you like, think they'd come up with a new movie title so that people can't... I think they have to, like, register... I Again, I know nothing about this. I'm not even going to try talking about it. I know nothing about movie production. But, well, um, but go ahead. Tell me your tell me your half-baked theory. 
Well, I was thinking, like, they probably have to, like... Because I've heard that sometimes on IMDb, like, the movie shows up under this title. So I, I wonder if, like, it's all linked together. Like, the production company has to, like, link these shoots together under one title. Maybe they're actually calling the movie Spider-Man colon Summer of George. That'd be great. And, like, the whole Seinfeld cast makes a cameo. Colon Homecoming. Yeah. Um... So I'm walking. Yeah, home. and that's what it is. It's all the all the cast of Seinfeld, like all the characters from Seinfeld. They turn into like the Sinister it's Six. It's their homecoming, but they're actually becoming Marvel Cinematic Universe villains. George is Doctor Octopus. Yes. Seinfeld is uh, Sandman. Um, Elaine. Um, who would Elaine be? There's not a whole lot of female Spider-Man villains. Maybe uh, what's uh, what's like a female f- Venom? That's what I was just gonna yeah, say. I There's can't a remember. Shriek. No, Scream. I think it's maybe a shriek. Yeah. Uh, Kramer is Electro. Uh, Newman is the Blob. I don't know. Um, Nobody cares about the Blob. He's an X-Men villain anyway. Um, So, okay, so there's these, like, huge huge crowds forming. Who's Norman Osborn? Um, That's important. Norman Osborn is Banya. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Uh, these crowds are forming, and there's, like, a crowd control guy, and some of the people walking by are asking the crowd control guy, they're like, what movie is this? He's like, I don't know, it's called Summer of George, it's a romantic comedy, I don't really know much about it, and so they would keep walking, but everyone in the crowd, like, knew that it was Spider-Man, if you asked someone in the crowd, they'd be like, this is Spider-Man. So we stood out there for, like, I was probably standing there for, like, 30 minutes. And oh, you actually happened. went over there? I walked right through it, and then I stopped, because okay. I wanted to see, like, what they were filming. I wanted to see if I could see, like, him in the suit or anything. Um, he but, was he was texting me. I was at the dentist getting my teeth cleaned, oh, I didn't know and that. he was texting me, and I I kept trying to like look at my phone, even <laughs> though I like was getting my teeth cleaned. So it's a very awkward position to be in. Um, but you know, Spider Man. So so we were standing there for like thirty minutes in this crowd. Nothing's happening, and finally, when they did shoot, basically what I saw was Peter Parker in pink pajama pants and a white T shirt, look in the window of a dry cleaner, and then cross the street. Nice. And that was what I saw. And then the guy was like, the crowd control guy was like, all right, everybody, that's as exciting as it's going to get. We're just going to film that like eight more times. And so I went home because I was hungry. Um, but then right after that, they do like this big action sequence. <laughs> they, what was cool is they had like this, this truck drive by that was just spraying the street with water. I think they, like, needed to look like it had just rained or something, you know? Yeah. So, like, every few minutes, this truck would go by and just spray the, the street with water, which is kind of cool. But um, then I saw pictures online later of them filming another another area of Queen, Queens with him actually in the suit and everything. And I wish I'd seen that. But um, So, spoilers, there's a scene where he wears pink pajama pants and checks on his laundry. Oh, shoot, yeah. We really should have gave a spoiler alert. I bet he one. was washing his costume. That's my fan theory. <laughs> Just like <laughs> Put it look, on Reddit. gazing in the window longingly, like is it is it dry yet? Is it done yet? <laughs> uh, is my aunt May gonna see it? Um, but yeah, so that's my exciting movie news. That I saw some of the Spider Man shoot, and I'm his neighbor. Are you are you pretty excited for uh, for new Spider Man? I am. He was so great in Civil War. Yeah, he was good. He is like this is the movie Spider Man, and they really they really had to nail it too. Yeah, they had to after two. Yeah kind of botched attempts. Not really. I mean, I the mean, first Spider-Man was great. Spider-Man gonna, 1 and yeah. Spider-Man 2. So I great. have to say, like, when I when I watch Tobey Maguire Spider-Man now, 
it's like funny to me. Like it's like uh, this is not good. I but went back and watched the first one, and it looks like a Power Rangers movie. Like I remember, how, like, you, I remember you saying that like ten years ago, even. Yeah, when I and, like, and that was when I was, I was still defending it. I was like, that movie's awesome. I think Spider Man Two is a phenomenal. The one oh really? With Doc Ock. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the best Spider Man movie so far. I think that's the one. That's the only one I haven't seen since so I good. first saw it. Yeah. But like, they're all gonna always hold a special place in my heart, except for three because you know. Everyone hated it. Even the Amazing Spider-Man reboot with Andrew Garfield? Well, no, I'm talking about the Tobey Maguire oh, ones. Okay. Because those were, like, for me, those were, like, the first superhero movies. Yeah, those was... came out when I was, like, right at that age where I was starting to go to PG-13 films. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was like that was the thing. And when I was a kid, it was awesome because I didn't, I didn't know what was good yet. Yeah. Um, so I'll always have a special appreciation for that. And, you know, for the time, it was good. Uh, but now it's, like... It's time for And like, they destroyed the whole franchise but with the third one that was just terrible. Yeah. It's time for them to get it was time for them to come into the MCU and for them to really nail one that kind of felt like it fit in with these newer superhero movies. Well yeah, and just being able to have Spider-Man in the in the MCU now is amazing. Yeah. So Yeah, I forgot. Is there any word on who the villain is going to be? Um I feel like there were a million rumors, but I don't know if any of them got debunked. The, I think the big rumor is Michael Keaton is going to be the Vulture. I don't know if that's true, though. I did hear something about Michael Keaton recently. We should have done our research on how to make movies and the current rumors and stuff. No, research. We're just, you know... None of the successful podcasters do research, Dalton. <laughs> You're going to learn that. All successful stick with, journalists stick with me, make kid. it up as they go. We're not, I mean, we're most certainly not journalists. I consider us journalists of the highest caliber. <laughs> um, Striking integrity. Guys, there were so many good comics this week. This was a huge week. Dalton comics. read all of them. I read so many. I was literally reading comics up until a half hour ago when I was on my way down here. Because uh, there were so many good ones. I mean, here's why I think it was good for me. I, as you listeners know, I'm primarily a Marvel guy, although I'm reading... a kind of shocking number of DC books right now that I never thought I would. Um, but uh, I'm a big Marvel guy. And as I've talked about on here before, they're kind of on this cycle now where, like, every fall they sort of relaunch things, which kind of puts them on, like, a TV show schedule, you know, where, like, it's about 12 or 13 issues, and you get to, like, have an arc over that, and then it kind of goes on to a new story. And so we're reaching the point where all of those stories are climaxing. Um, so <laughs> all at the same time, simultaneous Ooh. climaxes. Um <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, that was, I gave him a look when he said climax. And, and it made me... He couldn't... I, I couldn't stop. He couldn't power through it. This is the danger of us being able to see each other while we do this. Well, we normally FaceTime while yeah. we record, but this is so much... The, the response time is so much better. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of these stories are kind of getting to the to the end of arcs that they've been building, and they, they were all just so satisfying. I mean, there's so many good titles out there. I'm going to kind of go down the list a little bit later... Um, but, uh, let's talk about some recommendations. Do we have any, do you have any recommendations for any new readers, old series, new series? Um, uh, I will I recommend Superman number seven, which I know you read. Did you read it? Yeah. It's great, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was great. It was a great return to what I liked about it when it started. Now that came out last week. Um, it's a one shot though, so you don't have to read Superman one through six to read that. Correct. And Although, I almost recommend you don't. <laughs> Uh, wh- where did the Annihilator stuff start? 
That started around was end of issue two, three? issue three. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would definitely read like those first two. Yeah. They were great. And I would yeah. skip the Annihilator stuff because I didn't like it. And nothing and really I wish productive I could, happened. I almost wish I could go back and unread it <laughs> and get my, get my probably 30 minutes back. But this issue is fantastic. The premise is just uh, Superman and his family go to the county fair. And uh, Lois makes Superman promise not to be Superman while yeah. they're there. Just be part of the family. And I really enjoy the like Superman family drama of just... You know, like they're kind of doing like almost like a Smallville kind of feeling yeah. thing. Like, do they live on a? F- do they, they live, live on like a farm? Yeah, Kansas or something. something like, are like they back that. in Kansas? Like where he grew up, kind of thing. I think so, yeah. I mean, that's the feel that it has to it, and it goes to just like that classic Superman feel of like the kind of books that you read just when you like want to feel good. When, like something that just kind of like brings a smile to your face. It's it's not like this brooding like sad superman it's just yeah lighthearted and and superman is you know what a great guy superman gotta love him kind of book yeah it really humanizes superman in a cool way yeah uh which is you know sometimes superman can get a little when you just see him like lifting planets and stuff like it can be a little bit like why do i care about this guy like he's just all powerful yeah um but seeing him with like this family with lois and, and a new son it's like uh, it's making me care about Superman, which I don't usually. Also, this is one where I happened to notice while I was reading that I really, really liked the art in it. Yeah. Uh, Pencils and Inks by George Jimenez. I hope I'm saying that right. Probably Jimenez, I think. Jimenez. Uh, really, really good stuff. And Colors by Alejandro Sanchez. Yeah. And I, the page that sticks out in my mind the most is the one where he finishes up helping some kind of space shuttle get their solar panels working or something. And he's like, that was faster than I thought, you know, like, I guess I have time to go help some friends like doing that, like that classic Superman thing of like, let me go spin around the world and help some more people. And it shows you this little montage of different justice league members. And he's going and swooping in to help them all out. And Aquaman and wonder woman are like, Thank you, thank you, Superman. And then it goes, and then the Batman one. Batman is like, I didn't ask for help. <laughs> uh, but I thought, like, that was where it struck me how good the art was and how, like, that's that's exactly what I want my yeah. DC books to look like. You know, yeah, the art. Yeah, DC's been killing it on the art recently. Um, any other recommendations? Superman number seven is great. Great, even if you're just even if you're just looking for like a single issue to read. Yeah, Superman seven, pick it up. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it pretty much is a self-contained little storyline. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this briefly last week, so I feel like I have to talk about it. Josie and the Pussycats, number one. Uh, I had to bring it up because I've been loving the Archie reboots. Uh, the reboot of the main Archie title Wait, with Mark is, So Wade. is Josie and the Pussycats, because I don't know anything about this, but yeah. is it connected to Archie? Yeah, okay. it's an Archie book. Uh, so is Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So is Art, they, do they like all go to high school together or something? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I don't think Josie go and the Pussycats go to high school with them because they're like off touring as a band and stuff. Uh, but anyway, in this incarnation... Do they know each other? Are they friends? Uh, as of now, in this incarnation, they don't know each other. The other Archie guys haven't come okay. in, but it's only been one issue. So it's been like totally rebooted, the continuity. Yeah, the continuity is rebooted. The Archieverse with, entirely The Archieverse is... has been rebooted with okay. Mark Wade on the main Archie book. 
the Jughead book, which I've recommended on here before. There's a Betty and Veronica book that I really didn't like. So um, the Archie books that I remember always had kind of a retro, like, Happy Days kind of, like, 50s vibe, yeah. right? Am I making that up? No, or? you're... Well, they, that's where they started, too. Do they still have that? Sort of. It, it definitely... What's cool about the new Archie reboot is it kind of brings it into the present. Like, this definitely takes place in that's the present That's what I was going to ask, is, like, did they modernize it? Yeah, it definitely takes place in the present day. Everyone has self-smartphones, you know, and... Uh, but at the same time, it, it does keep that kind of classic, like, small-town high school romantic drama kind of feel you know it's still like feels like an archie book but the art has been updated it's like very contemporary art styles uh it's more like long stories you know told over multiple issues or like you know like a it's just a modern comic book you know but it's a modern comic book that in the style of like teen comedy drama um and they've all been really funny and really good except for betty and veronica so i checked out josie and the pussycats because I was interested in more with this continuity. Wait, can you can you can we back up real quick? Because yeah. I guess I feel like you're making it pretty clear you didn't like Betty and Veronica, yeah. but not giving much indication as to why. So just for the for the sake of the listeners, why I, should they avoid Betty and Veronica? Because the Archie reboots have done such a good job at like portraying like the dynamic between all these characters in a realistic way. Um, of, like, a high school group of friends kind of dynamic. And I don't think Betty and Veronica did that. It was very just, like, stereotypical, catty teenage girls written by, like, a middle-aged guy trying to be cool kind of feel. So, But maybe that is what the dynamic of high school girls is. It's true. I don't know. What would you know about it? I've been been out of it for years. Dalton (laughs) DeShane. It's been years since you were a high school girl. (laughs) Um, So I checked out Josie and the Postcast number one. The art is fantastic, and I think it's a fun book, but honestly, the writing's a little too clever for its own good. And I like clever as in, the book shouldn't be this smart. And I would never say that about a comic book. This is more like, the jokes, you can tell the jokes make sense to the writer, but they're worded in such a way that it's like, I don't... I'm not exactly sure what the punchline of this is. Like, like you, you think maybe you get it. I yeah. Like I, I'm like I, I think I get what they're getting at, but I, I like reread the panel several times. I'm like I still don't know exactly what this joke is, uh, you know. And it, it it's probably something that made a lot of sense to the writer and the artist, but I feel like editing probably should have caught that. Um, and so while I like the feel of it, like it really captures like the feel of like this teen girl band really well. I didn't, I didn't laugh, and I didn't really have a good time, and I thought the character relationships developed way too quickly. Like, by the end, they're, like, playing this gig that they're really good at and having, like, an agent talk to them, and it was like, it seemed like they should have spread this out maybe over a few issues and take more time to, to let us get to know these characters and stuff. Um, so I would say if you're, like, a diehard Josie and the Pussycats fan, who knows, maybe they're out there listening... Check it out. It's not terrible, and it will probably get better, but I don't think I'm going to stick with it. Okay. Um, so, yeah. But one thing I checked out on a whim this week, uh, I just saw it on the shelf and thought I'd check it out. It was a new book from Vertigo Comics called Frostbite. Um, just had its number one issue. And uh, it's written by Josh Williamson, art by Jason Sean Alexander, colors by Lewis NCT. Um I read this, and I thought the premise was really cool. It's about, like, uh, so the premise is, like, uh, these scientists, in an effort to fight climate change, right, develop, like, this thing that they think is going to, like, turn back climate change, but it kind of goes wrong and sends the whole world into a new ice age. Um, And so uh, 
it's like now like sort of this dystopian kind of world where people are like trading heat as like currency, like sources of heat. Um, and, uh, I just thought that was kind of a cool premise. Like it's this future where the entire earth is like covered in snow. And there's like the, there's this virus called frostbite where like, if you catch it, uh, you like slowly start to turn to ice and freeze to death, but it like spreads, like it's contagious. And so whenever they couldn't, they couldn't come up with a new name for the virus being that frostbite already is a debilitating medical condition. Well, I I don't know if this is going to end up being like some sort of exacerbation of what actual frostbite is, but also frostbite is just kind of a cool name. So maybe sure. we're stuck with that. That's obviously why they chose it. Yeah. Um, and the series, you know, they called it frostbite. Right. Uh, but they talk about how like whole towns have been infected and they've had to burn down the towns with everyone in it just to stop the spread of it. So it's almost like, it seems like maybe like zombie level kind of <clears throat> virus thing. And actually, this actually reminds me of a comic that I started reading the number one of today. What was it? I didn't quite finish it, but I am intrigued and I'm going to finish it and I'll probably read a couple more. Uh, it's called Eclipse. Came out from Image. Is it new? Yeah, like sometime in the last couple weeks. Okay. It might have just been last Wednesday. Can't think of when it came out. But okay. uh, the premise of this one is that the sun has become like way, way too hot after mm-hmm. some kind of solar flare event. Yeah. So society has completely shifted so that daytime is like the new nighttime. So mm-hmm. everybody lives, like goes outside during nighttime when the sun is gone and then when the sun is like close to coming back up, the police and, and people go out and say like curfew is in effect. Everybody needs to get underground. Yeah. And then, uh, the only people who can go out during the day are these special forces kind of guys that are called ice men. Mm-hmm. And they have these suits that regulate like body temperature, like these like cold suits. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, basically this isn't really a spoiler because it's established pretty quickly. Um, somebody has been murdered where, like, somebody, like, forced them outside during the day. And so that's kind of, like, where, where it's taking off from is, like, this murder and, and there's, like, an investigation into what's going on. Huh. Um, so these are kind of, like, opposite books. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's, it is very interesting. If you're a fan of Iceman, check out Frostbite. If you're a fan of The Human Torch, uh, check out Eclipse. Definitely. I think Those that's how it works. Recommendations carry a lot of weight. <laughs> um, so yeah, Frostbite number one was really good. Uh, my last recommendation for new readers is I feel like I've done a disservice on this podcast by not talking about Saga enough. Uh, and I, f- it's because I think in my head, I think everyone already knows about Saga. But of course, this is a podcast for new readers, so maybe not everyone has. But guys, pick up the paperbacks of Saga. It's a long way on now. It's on issue 38. But this is like the book of like this generation of of comics it's a sci-fi epic it's funny it's violent it's shocking the art is second to none by fiona staples it's written by brian k vaughn who's a comics legend in his own right um pick up saga i mean i know so many people in my own life that have gotten into comics because of saga like my friend molly who might be listening to this she told me like she got into comics because of saga and an issue came out this week issue number 38 and it's still so good did you say what it's about it's like a it's it's tough to say it's about like a it's a sci-fi epic um i don't know anything about saga it's about uh there's like this war between these two species on these two planets and this war ends up spreading throughout the galaxy to like in in 
entangling like multiple species and galaxies and everyone gets embroiled in this in this war and it follows these two this couple of one on each side who have a baby together which is like forbidden you know uh they're not supposed to mingle with each other but they fall in love it's like it was a prisoner and and her guard that it's like fall in love star-crossed lovers literally <laughs> oh, that was that's great um you can go ahead listener and rewind that just so you can hear that joke again uh the magic of podcasts uh but they so they have a baby and it picks up from them having the baby and then the the story is told from the child's perspective like her like remembering her her upbringing and stuff and so there's sometimes like big jumps in time and it's basically them just kind of being on the run and trying to protect their baby and they get separated and they get reunited and it just sort of uh it's it's tough to explain the appeal of it but read the read issue 1 and you'll be hooked how many issues are there right now 38 <laughs> so it's been going for a few years. Okay. They're all in paperback, though. A new arc just started. Um, and it. this one was a sad one. Like, this one uh, was, a, was a pretty emotional one. And it's amazing that this series, this long on, is still this good. Um, there were a couple issues early on that, like, made me cry. They were so it's powerful. A lot of, it's a yeah. lot of back issues. It's a lot of back issues. But honestly, just pick up the first. The great thing about Image Comics is usually the first paperback is only $10. So you can pick up like the first six issues for ten bucks. Um, just buy it, read it, and I promise you, you'll be hooked, and it won't be a chore to get through thirty-eight issues. It'll be so easy. It'll be like the, um, the thing I look forward to each evening. Yes. After I've finished my chores. Honestly, it will be. It's it's such a good series. Um, so this is going to be the last time I talk about it as a recommendation, but I feel like I I had done a disservice not talking about it. Saga. Please read it. We're going to be talking about it in the show. At least what's, I will be. What's the publisher on that one? Uh, that's Image. That's okay. an Image comic. <clears throat> I'm finding more and more uh, good stuff coming from Image lately. Yeah. They're so good. Traditionally have not really read read stuff from Image. I've always been really very DC-focused mm-hmm. until we started this podcast. So I'm starting to branch out. But I'm finding so much from Image already that I that I really enjoy. Uh, I have continued reading Flintstones. I didn't um, read issue three, but I read one and two. Okay. What do you think? I feel like it's not as good as everybody says it is. It's bizarre. But I like it. I do like it. I like it. I wasn't expecting it to be so a lot adult. A lot of animal abuse. There's a lot of like violence in it. There's like some blood and stuff. I oh, was like the like the news like, thing. Like I where think they so. did Let you me see the pull it up. I read issues one and two. I haven't read issue three yet, but I'm trying to. This is gonna. This is gonna be a a spoilery conversation about Flintstones. Yeah, the news thing where. Yeah, spoiler alert. There's also. It's also Flintstones, so I don't. I mean, if you care about spoilers for this, it's it's not really that kind of book. So. Yeah, they're like the news turns out. It's like today a man's head was crushed by a giant rock. Here we have a picture of it. Yeah, and and it shows like this really bloody picture of this guy. And then they acknowledge how like, oh yeah, I guess we probably shouldn't have shown that because there might be kids watching. Yeah, and then the guy's like, we're still kind of figuring out how to do this because it's like it's made pretty clear through the the narrative of the book that like this is totally new. Like the whole concept of having TV and having the news, it's like, it's just started. So it's like, they're figuring out how, like, how does this all work? Here's, here's my gripe with this Flintstones book is that I feel like in the Flintstones cartoon, 
the things always made sense to some degree. Like, they were all mechanical things that they were using. Like, the record player would be a bird whose beak goes down on the disc. Like, that kind of makes sense. They still have that. They still have that, but they also have things like TV, which there's no mechanical explanation for. Yeah, but... Which really kind of pisses me off. It's also just... There's a part where they, like, talk on the phone. Like, the, the concept is the shell phone. So, like, you've got... They're talking to a shell, but still, like... But How like, are do they you really, it's, it's the Flintstones, though. Like, know, do you really need to overanalyze it? I feel like it's breaking a rule established <clears throat> by the Flintstones that it was like all the you use the animals to do these mechanical tasks. How are you watching TV? Like, just because it's in black and white doesn't make it possible okay, in the Stone that's, Age. I mean, that's fair. That's a fair criticism. I thought about that too, but I also was just like, I don't care. I'm just <laughs> gonna. I'm not gonna interpret this literally because that's clearly not the point yeah maybe i'm being a little too hard on it but uh it is fun the the thing that bothers me the most is just the and and it shouldn't really be something that bothers me because it's just a funny hokey cartoony book but Mm. it's like constant animal abuse you know like constant animal slavery that was Uh, kind of in the original too though yeah yeah the animals do everything right um I guess I'm just super sensitive about that kind yeah. of thing. So it's like, it's just like, wow. Like you see the power goat is like a weed whacker mm-hmm. and it's just like a goat tied up to like a handle that you just yeah. like push it around and then he gets done with it and he just leaves it in the garage and the goat's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's still tied up to the thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. It's, it's bizarre. I'm going to keep reading this it. book exists. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to keep reading it it's just because so it's, weird that this it's book kind is of, it's way different than anything else I read. Yeah. I think that's why I have stuck with it. I'm just still, I'm intrigued enough to keep reading just cause like it's so bananas. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably keep up with it. Still gotta read number three. So let's talk about Night of the Monster Men. Oh, you, you caught up with that? There were no books for that this week, right? It's still just Batman and Nighthawk, right? Nightwing. Nightwing, right. Nighthawk, Nighthawk is, is R.I.P. Yeah. But I'm going to talk about it. There was a new issue this week. Wait, Nighthawk? Yeah. I thought it was canceled. It got canceled, but it has to finish up the arc. So it's like uh, five okay. and six are still coming out, and okay. then it will be done. Um, there is also Detective Comics 941 now. Oh, Carrying I on that. the Monster Men. Okay, story. I missed that then. Um, I, what do you think about it from, from Batman 7 and Nightwing 5? I think it's fun. I kind of want to get back to what we were working with before, though. Agreed. It seems like an unnecessary interruption. I, and honestly, by the time I finished Detective Comics 941, I was kind of like, this isn't even that fun anymore. Yeah. The good news is that with this accelerated DC schedule, it's going to be over like in two weeks, you know? Yeah. Like usually when you have crossovers like this, it takes like two or three months to get through. And I was so into the, the cliffhanger at the end of Batman number six, where they revealed, uh, well, spoiler for Batman number six. I feel like we're in the spoiler section now. Yeah. It's probably going to okay. be spoilers going forward. Okay. Yeah. So you've been warned, but also just an added note, this is a spoiler for Batman number six, but the big reveal at the end of that, where they show that Bane has been orchestrating all the events yeah. leading up to that issue. And now we have I to wait like, until Monster Man is done. Yeah. And I was that. like, like, I'm a huge Bane fan. He's one of my favorite comic book characters of all, all yeah. of them. Um, so I was like, yes, like good Bane story. Because I feel like there weren't a lot of good Bane stories in New 52. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really hoping they nail it with this one. And, and so I was so excited for, for the next Batman. And then I realized that they were doing this, this big event. So now I have to wait. And like the teaser that he goes to Amanda Waller for help getting to him. 
for help with Bane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a big cliffhanger, too, but now we got to wait till the end of this Monster Men. I'm less excited about that aspect of it because I'm not really enjoying the Suicide Squad stuff right now. Well, yeah, but this is going to be Tom King writing. Right. So it might so be good. I'm, and, and Tom King is a former CIA agent, so if anybody can handle Waller, yeah. it's going to be that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm ready for it to be over, but, I mean, it's fun enough that I'm going to read the rest of it. I guess i got to catch up on Detective Comics, but... Um, I mean, I feel like... I feel like I have to read it. Yeah. <laughs> it seems... Because it is carrying over plot points from Tom King's run, so I feel like it's going to be important to know what happens. Yeah. Um, and but, just, just, just as a huge Batman and comic books fan, yeah. it feels obligatory yeah. for me to read it, even if... I don't know. It's, it's good, and I'm glad that they're doing something with Hugo Strange, because that's another character that... I love, but it's just, at this point, it's just a lot of, like, running around, like, fighting these giant monsters, and it's like, oh, the monsters, they're giant, and <laughs> oh, Clayface is... It's kind of fun seeing... Having a hard time staying divided up into a million cops, and it, I feel like nothing is really progressing. It is kind of fun to see Batman fighting a villain like this, like, giant monsters, like, usually he's fighting more grounded people, it's kind of, it's kind of fun to see him fighting like Godzilla, you know? Yeah, so the first part, Batman number seven, I was like, yeah, this is yeah. pretty cool. And then Nightwing number five, I was like, this this is still cool, starting to drag a little bit. And yeah. then by the time I got through this last part, uh, Detective Comics 941, I was kind of like, meh. Yeah. How many, how many issues is this crossover? It's going to be like six, right? Sounds right. I know that the next part is going to be Batman number eight. Okay. And I would be surprised if there was going to be any more issues of Batman devoted to it, so... Yeah, I think it's going to be two issues of each book, you know, I think. I wasn't sure. I have not looked that up, but... Which means it'll be done in, like, two weeks, yeah. and we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, back to your regularly scheduled programming, you know. Um, we never talked about Luke Cage at the beginning. I wanted to do that. Oh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about the new Luke Cage series. We haven't watched much. We've only watched like an episode and a half, but we wanted to touch on it a little bit. Spoiler free, of course. But I just saw that it... Um, actually, did you hear about this? It crashed Netflix. Yeah, I heard about that. So I guess people are watching it. I mean, I was pretty blown away by the first episode and a half. Yeah. Um, were you blown away? I really And you like haven't it. watched any more since then? I haven't watched any more since then. I was planning on watching some tonight. Okay. Um, I, I think it's just cool as hell. I think it's cool. Definitely cool. It's got I, such a good atmosphere And I'm to it. I'm interested in it. It's different than, than Daredevil and Jessica Jones. It's yeah. definitely bringing a new flavor. Um, okay, let's... Now we're getting into Luke Cage talk, but... I mean, we can if we want. Do we want to talk about it? I mean, let's go through comics first. Right. Uh, vote, vote Loki? Yeah, uh, that came out, uh, I gotta remember what happens in it, because I read it last week. Looks like it's finished now. Vote Loki number four is finished, uh, and to be honest, this might explain how I felt about it, but I don't even remember what happens. Oh, but yeah. there was that super trippy double stage, double page spread of, like, Loki morphing the, the woman's bedroom into a debate stage, and, like, the art on that page, like is, like, some sort of crazy optical illusion that boggles my mind. I, like, stared at that page for, like, five minutes trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah, I thought it was neat. Um, I, I think <clears throat> Vote Loki, and I I know I touched on this in a previous episode, was starting to kind of get stale for me after the first couple issues. Yeah. And it's, it's that a fun premise. didn't really change in this one, but I do like the way that they ended it, although I, I feel like it didn't really fully resolve. Yeah. 
but I did like that the way they left it off uh, at the very end, I'm going to tell you what happens at the very end, <laughs> is that, you know, he it, it kind of is revealed that he the whole time he was just trying to sabotage the election and, f- like... In, in favor f- of one of the candidates. Yeah. Like, one split, of the candidates had split hired the vote, him. Yeah. Which may correspond to real-life events, may or may not. You be the judge. Um... But yeah, it was it was a fun bit, you know. I'm glad it was only four issues. I was I was ready for it to end. Um, but it was funny. Uh, I'm glad it was made. But uh, yeah, yeah, kind of lost me a little bit by the end. Yeah. Um. Nighthawk number five. I do want to touch on Nighthawk. Um, so I've talked about this on the show before. It has sadly been canceled. Have you talked um, about? Did you talk about like what Nighthawk is really all about? I feel like I did, but maybe not. So if not, or if you're just joining us for this episode, I'll kind of touch on it again. Nighthawk was kind of, when he was first debuted, he was basically uh, Marvel's version of Batman. Marvel came out with this uh, team called the Squadron Supreme, or sort of like analogs of DC heroes of the Justice League. Um, but Nighthawk in this iteration have been changed a little bit. First of all, Nighthawk is a black man. and in, Was he always black? I believe so. I don't know too much about Squadron Supreme history, but I know he has been for a while. Um, and it's also written by David Walker, who is a black comic writer who also writes Power Man and Iron Fist and will be writing Occupy Avengers. I sung his praises last week. Um, but this is about Nighthawk being a black hero in Chicago right now, who is fighting both corrupt cops that are killing unarmed black people in the streets, and also fighting this serial killer who is hunting down and killing cops that kill black people. Um, So it's kind of this, it's exploring kind of both sides of this where Nighthawk is trying to stop the people, the the white cops that are killing black people, but he doesn't want to kill them. And so he needs to also hunt down the black serial killer who is killing these cops, you know? So he's got to fight both sides of the line, which I think is such an apt like superhero metaphor for kind of like Black Lives Matter and the line that they have to walk while they have to disavow the the violent uh, people, you know, who go and, and attempt to kill cops while also condemning the racist cops themselves. And so this has been a fascinating book kind of about how Nighthawk as a black man has to deal with this kind of situation. And this week is the penultimate issue of the series, and he comes face-to-face with the killer himself uh, and then escapes. Um, and Is this it, killer a, a pretty formidable opponent? It's not just some guy with a sniper rifle? No, I mean, yeah, he, he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just a killer. Um, he's, he's like the mirror image version of Nighthawk himself. In fact, there's this amazing sequence where Nighthawk is trying to build like a facial recognition model so he can find the guy again. Cause he's seen the guy's face. So he's trying to like build like a model of his face from his memory and his assistant <clears throat> or like his sidekick is like, what are you doing? And, uh, he's like, I'm trying to, uh, look at his face I'm trying to identify him. And his assistant is like, you want to know who he is? You want to know who uh, the Revelator? That's the name of the killer. He's like, you, you want to know who the Revelator is? He's me. He's you. He's the father or the uncle or the older sister of the people that were killed. You know, Maybe he's the brother of someone the cops disappeared. He's the guy whose wife was found dead in a jail cell after she was arrested for a traffic violation. He's all of us. You know, And she's like saying, like, 
you know, he's just one step away from what we already are. He's someone that's been attacked like we have, you know, uh, that's who this guy is. He's just us. Um, and it was just such a powerful sequence. And then at the end, Nighthawk has to confront this dirty cop who's been trafficking guns into Chicago and killing some of the good cops. And Nighthawk attacks him. And the guy's like, you can't attack me. I'm a cop. And Nighthawk is just like, I don't care, and snaps his neck. Like, Nighthawk finally crosses the line to, like, killing this abusive cop. And it's just been such a bold and heavy and brave series that just tackles, like, it doesn't put, like, a sheet between the issue and itself. You know, it's not like, oh, this is an allegory kind of for, you know, uh, the the sort of racial violence that's happening right now it's like no this is superman this is a superhero in the middle of it uh and that's why i'm so bummed that it's leaving because it's a very bold book to be out right now um and i i definitely recommend it it's still it's not like overly political it's not a bunch of people just sitting around and talking it's still action-packed um but it's definitely about a very important thing that's going on in the world right now um yeah it's too bad that uh i'm just not gonna be sticking around yeah it's important, though, that it's happening, like, as this is unfolding, you know? This isn't, like, a retrospective, of course. Right. This is happening, like, as these killings are still happening in the right. real world, so. Um, so when this comes out in paperback, please pick it up. Support David Walker. Show more Marvel that you want series like this. Pick up the back issues at your comic retailer, you know, because it's great. What else do we have? I feel like you, you probably have, like, ten more books you want to talk about. That was actually the only one I really wanted to go in depth in. I wanted to run down the list of some other good ones, but if you have some other ones we want to talk about, we can talk about those first. Uh, I don't really have any other books to talk about. I'm going to I'm pretty much just holding out for Luke Cage discussion at this point. Yeah. So, Well, let me go down sort of the list just to kind of keep people updated. Of course, now is not the time to get into Marvel this week. That's going to be coming next week. we got a bunch of new number one issues. Uh, Chris and I are actually probably going to go hit up a local comic shop and look for some cool comics this week, uh, I think, hopefully. Why wouldn't we? Um, before I go back to New York. I'll um, tell you why, because I mostly read digital. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick some up from a comic shop around here. Uh, Captain America Sam Wilson uh, keeps being uh, sort of about the same thing uh, as Nighthawk about a black superhero in America, but this is more, I, I see it more as a, like a metaphor for President Obama because you've got uh, a black man suddenly thrust into the role of Captain America, and you've got all these people in America basically saying, not our Captain America, take back the shield, and facing all this, like, sort of pushback from the American public uh, who think he's unfit for the job. Uh, So that's also taking a kind of cool look at race relations in America right now. Captain America Steve Rogers over on Hydra Cap side. I'm sure everyone knows Captain America is Hydra now. Um, Things are starting to heat up over there as it shows sort of how he's been able to get through Civil War II without... (laughs) being exposed. And I really um, thought, I just want to say that the, because I, I don't read Captain America, but yeah. when I heard it, because everybody was talking about that yeah. reveal, I really thought they were going to have that not actually be a thing. It's awesome. And it's it, awesome. And it so totally far. sounds like it is a thing. He is Hydra. Yeah. And he is working. I think some people are theorizing that he's trying to kill Red Skull so he can. No, he definitely is. Take yeah. over. Oh, okay. So basically, Steve Rogers recently had his history rewritten. So he hasn't been brainwashed, but this sort of living entity of the, this living representation of the cosmic cube has rewritten his history so that he had he has always grown up Hydra from the time he was a little boy. 
So, like, as a child, he was taken by Hydra and raised Hydra. So it's not that um, it's been retconned, it's that this... No, it's not this... retconning at all. It's someone went... The, an actual current character in the last few months used rewrote reality history, warping okay. powers and rewrote his history so that he's always been Hydra. So they're definitely not retconning and saying, oh, yeah, he's been Hydra since the 40s, you know? Like, they they are... Uh, this is a current thing that's happening, but... Uh, <clears throat> are people still really upset about this? I mean, the people that were upset were people that aren't reading this, this comic. So, like, they were upset for, like, a couple weeks and then moved on to something else to be upset about. Are you sure about that? Because um, I feel like people who do read comics get really upset about things. True, but, I, I mean, if, if they were, I don't think they kept up with the book because... From what I saw, there were a lot of people that actually apologized after issue two came out, and it was so. Like, it's, it's not it's not a super controversial thing at this point. Not at this point. At this point, I think it's just accepted. It's been five issues, so like five months since it happened. So. And they're obviously gonna like put things back to normal eventually. Eventually, but yeah. But right now, it's providing some amazing tension in the Marvel universe because no one knows that he's Hydra. And what's fascinating is that he still wants to kill the Red Skull because he thinks the Red Skull is leading Hydra in the wrong direction. So he's hatching a plan to kill Red Skull so that he can take over Hydra. Um, and I mean, this sort of... Right now there is a... Of course, in Civil War II, we've got the Inhuman that can see the future. And so he's panicking that they're going to see that he is Hydra. So he can't make any moves as Hydra. Um, so this kind of goes through all of Civil War II from Steve Rogers' perspective and how he's been kind of staying under the radar. Um, but, of course, the big reveal in Civil War number 2 was that the Inhuman has a vision of the new Spider-Man, Miles Morales, killing Steve Rogers. And so it doesn't reveal that he's Hydra, but there's been this reveal that he's going to get murdered by my, Spider-Man. My wheels were just starting to turn, thinking, like, I bet this is going to play very importantly into Civil War 2. Yeah. And then... Yeah, so we're going to see how that all turns out, but this issue is really great. I think this Hydra thing has been fantastic. Nick Spencer is just one of the best writers working at Marvel right now, so I trust anything he's doing. He's also writing Sam Wilson. He's also writing Ant-Man. He's doing a great job. Um, Lots of great books. Basically, everything Marvel put out this week was pretty great. Oh, I didn't even read Spider-Gwen this week. Um, Oh, you read Spider-Gwen? Yeah, I like Spider-Gwen. It's been interesting. I've heard Um, about it. I've actually heard that Gwenpool is better... I kind of got out of Gwenpool. I read like two issues and then I stopped. Okay. I had I have Deadpool and I felt like Gwenpool is just kind of retreading the same territory. Does Spider-Man exist in Gwenpool universe? Uh, so in the Gwenpool I mean, universe, I mean, I mean, Peter I'm, Parker, right? I meant does does yeah Peter Parker Spider-Man exist in Spider Gwen universe? In the Spider Gwen universe, Spider or Gwen of course was bitten by the radioactive spider, and Peter actually ends up turning into the lizard and is killed by Spider Gwen. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, so that's kind of the big... So she's actually, like, in vengeance of Peter's death, you know, kind of bearing okay. the responsibility okay. without, like, an Uncle Ben of her own. Um, so Spider-Gwen's really good. I didn't read it this week, though, so I don't have much, of course, to say on it. Oh, I didn't read Web Warriors either. Man, there were so many good books, and I missed a couple of them. Um, I want to shout out Al Ewing, who is writing Ultimates and New Avengers. We've talked about Ultimates on this show before. Um, We're not going to go in depth on it this week, but Ultimates 11 was great. But New Avengers, man, too, is just so good. Both of his books are kind of for the more seasoned Marvel head. They're going into kind of some deep cut stuff, like the Fallout of Secret Wars and stuff. But New Avengers is super funny. Uh, and super action-packed. Like, it's it's not quite as heady as Ultimates is. Um, there's this fantastic page. Squirrel Girl is on the new Avengers, who I love Squirrel Girl, and her issue this week was fantastic, too. I keep too. hearing so much hype about Squirrel Girl, and I yeah. feel like it just came out of nowhere. Like, yeah. I, I never heard of her until probably three weeks ago. I was seeing it rumored or speculated, like, 
people saying online Anna Kendrick should play Squirrel Girl. Great. Yeah. And that was the first time I ever heard of the I character. That campaign. And then I feel like since I heard about that the the Anna Kendrick campaign, I keep hearing about the book too. Like yeah. Squirrel Girl is is awesome all of a sudden and I and I I don't know where that all came from. So Squirrel Girl was designed as like a joke character. Like she has the power to talk to squirrels. Like it's like like the least useful power ever. She was a member of what was called the Great Lakes Avengers, which is like a joke Avengers team that like operated out of the Midwest and like they were just not good. So just like, like everything terrible. in the Midwest, is just, <laughs> no one takes it seriously. As we record this from Michigan, right? Uh, the Great Lakes Avengers, by the way, is coming back next month. Uh, which uh, it sounds like it's going to be a funny series. Uh, but So Squirrel Girl was always a joke character, but one of the jokes is like every time so a writer would include her, they would have her beating some like unbeatable villain. villain. Like they'd have her like beat up Doctor Doom or something like that somehow. And so it was just, but she'd just show up every once in a while as a joke, but she kind of became this cult favorite because of how terrible her powers was. She's like, like the under, she underdog. Was. She's the underdog, yeah. So eventually Marvel gave her her own series, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, written by Ryan North, who wrote Adventure Time Comics. He wrote the web series Dinosaur Comics, which probably a lot of people are familiar with. And, and talking to squirrels, that's her only power. Yeah, pretty the much. Only, the only thing that makes her extraordinary is I think that she, she talks to squirrels. I think she might have some like kind of super strength, okay. maybe, but uh, mostly just talking to squirrels. Like, um, like you think she has super strength or... Is it maybe just she's just pretty strong? I think she's maybe just pretty strong. I don't know. Like Batman strength. Yeah, like Batman strength. Okay. Um, But the the current Unbeatable Squirrel Girl series is fantastic. It's like just her as a poli-sci major. Uh, No, not poli-sci. She's studying computer science uh, in college. And most of the time she just like talks to villains and like rehabilitates them instead of like fighting them, you know. Uh, or uses her powers in, like, funny way. It's a really, really funny book. It's one of the best, I think, funniest books out there. I'm going to probably um, check it out. It sounds interesting. I love it. I love Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. That's another recommendation for new readers. Check out Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. It's so funny. Do you know how many issues the current run is? Um, it's on number 12 right now. Okay. But honestly, you can jump in anywhere. Really? I would check out the most recent arc where... She, is it not really like a super dramatic kind of no, story no. arc type thing? I would check out the recent arc where she fights Mole Man. Because, like, Mole Man is, like, this, you know, kind of creeper that lives underground. And she, like, he, like, comes up and she's like, hey, Mole Man, like, I understand that, like, you're not really understood. Like, I'm sorry about that. And then he falls in love with her because she's the only girl that's ever paid attention to him. And so then he turns into, like, one of those, like, clingy nice guys that's like, why don't you appreciate, like, all the nice things I'm doing for you? And, like... It's just sort of like a metaphor for like girls getting harassed by like these guys, but like told through Mole Man, and it's a really really funny kind of three issue arc. Sounds good. I'm gonna read it. Um, but there's this great page in New Avengers this week because Squirrel Girl now is also on an Avengers team, uh, where they're fighting this guy that's like Vermin Man or something. He has this army of rats, and so Squirrel Girl has her squirrel like talk to the rats, and so there's a whole page of just like a squirrel talking to these rats in like a language that no one understands, just like chattering back and forth and like she convinces is, there, is the nature of their conversation communicated through the gestures of the animals yeah sort of like the gestures and then like basically the the squirrel tippy toe uh, is the name of the squirrel convinces the rats like they're being mistreated by their owner and not getting paid enough and so they all storm out and don't follow vermin man anymore uh and so uh 
New Avengers has been great. Uh, Squirrel Girl is great. There was a new issue of that this week, which was very fantastic. Can you, oh, so um, the series is called New Avengers? Yeah. The team is called Great Lakes Avengers? No, so New Avengers is just uh, a separate Avengers team. Great Lakes Avengers is what Squirrel Girl used to be on. Oh, okay. And Great Lakes Avengers is coming back next month, but I don't think Squirrel Girl is on the team anymore. I think Squirrel Girl has moved up the ranks to an actual Avengers team. Okay. A little too big for the Great Lakes Avengers these days. Great. Um... Star Wars continues to be fantastic. If anyone is a Star Wars fan out there, uh, the series is great. There's an arc now where they have uh, Luke and Leia and Han have to basically hijack a Star Destroyer, like, on their own. uh, And it's just this great kind of adventure story. Uh, I've been nothing but impressed with Marvel's Star Wars titles, and specifically the core series and Darth Vader since they came out. Um, That's most of, I think, what I want to talk about. Totally Awesome Hulk was great this week. Uh, the new Hulk, Amadeus Cho, is reeling from the death of Bruce Banner in Civil War II. Um, and so he's been acting out, and it looks like he's on his way to like try to kill Hawkeye in revenge. And there's so a, Black Panther has to come and stop him. There's a new series coming out with like a team, right, that Amadeus Cho is on as the new Hulk. Yeah, uh, with, uh, the champions. With... Um, Viv from With Vision. Viv, yeah. yeah. So that What's actually starts next week. It's called Champions. Okay. And it's about basically a lot of the younger heroes get fed up after Civil War II with the older heroes. They're like, these guys are arguing, they're fighting each other. It's very this clearly like a, like a Marvel take on Teen Titans kind of thing. Yeah, sort of. It, it seems like they're just like, screw these older guys, we're going to save the world our own way. And so it's like young Cyclops who's been brought back from the past, uh, Miss Marvel, Nova, Viv from The Vision... Uh, Amadeus Cho is the Hulk. Um, that starts next week, and I'm I definitely want to talk about it on this show. Yeah, I think After. I might. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna probably read that. Yeah, because you know, Viv. Yeah, we've talked about how much we love Vision. We love Vision. Um, yeah, there's just great books all around. Civil War Kingpin was great. I'm excited to see what this Kingpin series ends up being. Um, although I've been having trouble finding information about it on Marvel's website. I hope it wasn't like, canceled or anything. Probably the reason is because Wilson Fisk doesn't want you to know. He lives <laughs> he wants in the to take a spice of He lives in the shadows, Dalton. Um, the man behind the curtain. This is all like Kingpin versus the Punisher in this issue, and it's pretty okay. sweet. Uh, yeah, Deadpool Annual is really funny. It had the the conceit of the Deadpool Annual was like. I don't know if anyone remembers Spider-Man and his super friends. It was like this cartoon. There was like Spider-Man and Iceman and uh, what's her name? Firestar or something. Um, it was like an old like 60s or 70s cartoon with Spider-Man. Sounds dope. And this is like drawn in the same style but with Deadpool instead of Spider-Man on the team. And it turns out like Deadpool has kidnapped Spider-Man and like moved into his apartment and is pretending he doesn't know what happened to Spider-Man and he gets and the Sinister Six attacks and he gets Iceman and Firestar to like murder them like brutally so it's like in this old animation style but it's them like like straight up but it's Deadpool being Deadpool yeah like he shoots Mysterio in the face and like you just see like blood on the inside of the dome like splatter everywhere and it's just really gruesome uh, and pretty funny in like a you know the dark kind of Deadpool way I want to say how much I love Deadpool, but he's really hot right now, so I'm going to be pretentious and yeah, not, like, not acknowledge it. No, he was he used to be cool. Deadpool is so mainstream. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a great week for comics. Um, that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I could go on for a whole two hours about the comics this week, but I won't. 
Uh, we can move on to some other stuff, uh, like Luke Cage. Uh, well, before we go into Luke Cage, real quick, I'm going to say, I'm going to mention how I, uh, A, I'm just getting caught up on Daredevil. That's right. You Daredevil just started watching Netflix Daredevil series. Season 1. And I'm super hooked on it right now. There may be spoilers for Daredevil Season 1 in here, but we will not spoil Luke Cage. I don't think there's really right. been anything to spoil Luke yeah, Cage. Yeah, there's not really anything to spoil. And just, uh, when we go into Luke Cage, I am I feel like I want to talk freely about the characters that are introduced in the first episode and a half and mm-hmm. things like that. So um, if you consider those spoilers, then... Yeah, if you don't want to know what comics characters show up in it... If you want to go in completely blind... Yeah. Uh, don't listen to our thing about Luke Cage. Yeah. But, but we're not gonna give any major spoilers. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're just gonna we're we're not gonna. I mean, there hasn't really been that much yet, and we're just gonna talk about the characters and the tone of the show. But also, um, in addition to watching Daredevil this last week, I also finished the two first two episodes of Batman: The Telltale series. Oh, how how's that turn out? It is really fun. It's really twisted. Okay. Like pretty brutally twisted wow the most wasn't expecting that one of the most violent batman things i've ever seen was not expecting that yeah me neither uh and it's like it gets really dark because there's times where like the brutal things like you're participating in them and it like you're the one you're choosing whether or not you want to literally torture thugs to get information out of them yeah and you have to hit the button to make the choice like to like break someone's arm or not and then like you sometimes you do it Cause you feel like you get into like that psychological space of like, I want them to be afraid of me. You know, <laughs> you don't want like, you don't, cause there's always this thing in Batman, right? Where sometimes the goons are like, we're not afraid of you. Like we know you have your limits, you know, we know that you play by the rules or whatever. And so you kind of get into that space of like, no, <laughs> I'm going to like, tell me like, where are they? Um, and yeah, there's so it's, it's a dark, uh, it's is it a dark really little boring? game and certain parts of it are a little bit. Okay. There's a part where you extract a bullet from a dead body's brain Ooh. and you have to like cuz he's like at a crime scene and trying yeah. to figure out what happened and and he sees that there's like a bullet hole in the guy's head and he takes out like a little machine and you have to actually rotate like the control stick to tunnel this little contraption into this guy's brain and then like pull it out. And like yeah, it's it's pretty sick stuff, man. Yeah. But it's good. I'm excited to play the rest of it. So, all right, that was that was all I had to say about that. I'm gonna talk more about uh, the Telltale series as it comes out. I think episode three should be pretty soon. Uh, the other thing I like about it is that it Penguin is a pretty central character in it, and I'm not crazy about their interpretation on Penguin, but it's still you know love me a good Penguin story. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, let's move on to Luke Cage. I think it's cool as hell. I'm really into it so far. I We were talking about this a little bit last night, but I want to say it on air. It clearly doesn't seem like it's going to have the powerhouse villain that the other Netflix series have. Like, I feel like one of the strengths of Marvel's Netflix series is their villains. And I... And which I, is so opposite to the movies. I'm so hesitant to make that call because I want it to have a villain like that. Maybe it because will. Because that, to me... Yeah. And, and this goes back to what I was saying last night about how the Marvel movies don't really have that. Right. And to me, like, the all the Marvel movies, like, there are some that I like more than others, some that I quite enjoyed, but overall, I still find them, like, mostly pretty forgettable. I know yeah. I'm in the minority on that, so don't burn down my house, listeners, if for, for saying that I don't really like them, but... Um, 
you know, they're just not very memorable for me. And I, th- I see such a contrast between the movies and the, and the Netflix shows. Like, yeah. the Netflix shows really get me. They really grab me. And uh, I've seen all of Jessica Jones. Killgrave was amazing. Um, I'm Killgrave's currently one of the watching. Scariest villains of all time. Yeah, he's terrifying. Yeah. Um, and then, I, you know, right now I'm watching Daredevil season one, and Kingpin is amazing. The Kingpin is one of. I have my issues with the Daredevil series, but Kingpin is not one of them. Kingpin has done so much better, I think, than he's ever been portrayed in the comics. And that's an accomplishment for, like, a TV show, a comic, a superhero TV show or movie to exceed the comic book characterization. Okay. That, like, never happens. Yeah. I don't know very much about his comic book characterization, but it seems to me, like, I, I mean, I've seen a little bit of it, mm-hmm. and it seems mm-hmm. to me like this char- this interpretation on the character is so layered yeah. and so multidimensional and it seems like there's more of that here than because to me my understanding of Kingpin was always that he was a little bit more of a typical mob boss kind of guy. Yeah, he's just a kind of a big, strong, calculating, smart as a whip. And this guy boss. is too, but you see so much into like his motivations, his backstory. Yeah, this gives him a lot of vulnerability. And you see like you see thing like I am so sympathetic to his character despite you, him being just horrible. Yeah, like it makes him scarier too because yeah. at times you see him as like this sympathetic shy guy sometimes you want to give him a hug but then the next second he's like brutally killing somebody yeah and like it really makes him terrifying because you don't really know what he's capable of yeah um so and clearly he's like completely unhinged i i really want luke cage to give us something that kind of gets into that little hall of fame with with Kilgrave and kingpin for me right now um but and and I feel like the so what is it Carnell character who's Carnell yeah, we should have looked up the names of all these uh, actors. It's not Diamondback, um, the character's name. Uh, I'll get it here. Diamondback's the other one. Cottonmouth. Okay, yeah. Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth. Yeah. So he, I feel like he might be kinda. He has the potential to be really interesting. We'll see where it goes. Here's my theory, though, is that of course the strength of um, these sort of series is they have to show you a side of a superhero story that's new enough and compelling enough to get you to want to watch 12 or 13 episodes of it, right? And I feel like Daredevil did that in the first season by showing us Kingpin and, like, this layered villain that you feel sorry for but is also terrifying. Season 2 did I wasn't it. really... Yeah, I wasn't really hooked on Daredevil until it got to the, the Kingpin reveal. Kingpin is... Because it's the first time you see something that's like, oh... I haven't seen this story yet before in another superhero thing. You know, we've seen origin stories. We've seen gritty street crime fighters in every Batman movie that's ever come out, you know? But, like, this was something different. This is like, oh, this is a character that I haven't seen before, and I want to know what's what it's going to do. Season 2 does it with Punisher, because now you've got, like, this anti-hero conflicted with this other sort of anti-hero, but more hero than anti-hero, Is you know? Punisher, like, the and main antagonist of season 2? No. Okay. Uh, you don't have to tell me who is. Yeah, I'd I rather, won't tell you. I'd rather... I. It's amazing that I've managed to be blind yeah. this long, and I, I want to preserve that if I can. But one of the great things about season 2, without spoiling anything, is just the rapport between Daredevil and Punisher and this sort of idea of, like, who is in the right here, you know? Okay. Um... Jessica Jones does it by having Kilgrave, who's just utterly terrifying and clearly symbolic for, like, manipulative men and uh, the abuse that 
women can face from dangerous men. You think um, so? You think yeah. there's like that's social commentary? Absolutely. From like of a, like emotional abuse, domestic abuse. You know, uh, there's a lot of talk about how he raped her by basically forcing her to have sex with him using his powers. You right, know, obviously. Um, yeah. I think it's very clearly about like a, the PTSD that you can experience after an abusive relationship. Okay, um, sure. And because uh, she's clearly having PTSD yeah. Yeah. throughout the entire series, absolutely. You know? And I feel like what this is going to show us that we haven't seen before that people have been clamoring for for a long time is an authentically black superhero. Yeah. And I say that as the whitest person ever. So I can't really speak for this. I am the whitest dude in the world. But you can tell watching this that it was made by a black creative team uh, with, you know, in Harlem. And it's really telling. It, it just feels authentic in a way that most other things that take place in Harlem or, you know, or when like a big studio movie featuring a major black character, you know, doesn't necessarily feel like this feels very authentic and it feels very cool and it feels like a story that like people have been wanting to tell for a long time but haven't been given that chance and so i'm immediately hooked in because i haven't had a character tell me these stories yet you know we've seen white heroes tell their stories and this feels like a chance to get an entirely different perspective on the superhero experience by putting it in an authentically black perspective yeah and yeah. I think I feel like the what we've seen so far is very heavy on that. Yeah, and so I feel like even if Cottonmouth doesn't come out as the most terrifying villain of the Netflix series, the voice of the show is still strong enough that I think it's still going to be immensely enjoyable. Actually, though, now that I think about it, and and you even said this last night, I think. Um, Cottonmouth will not be. I think, if anything, it's going to be Diamondback. Yeah. Who they have, so far, they've said his name. Yeah, but we But haven't actually shown him yet, which follows the same pattern as Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Like, you kind of go through a few episodes where you know these really terrifying guys are there, and they're watching, and they're participating indirectly, and then three or four episodes in, you get the reveal, and then they become a major constant character. Um, So I, I, I want to be blown away by the Diamondback reveal. There's also, it's clearly taking its time more than the other Netflix series are. So this might completely, the series might completely turn on a dime in the next few episodes. Like, so far there's only been one major action set piece featuring Luke Cage. And I'm sure there's going to be many, many more, you know. But it's definitely burning a lot slower than the other Marvel series have. Which is definitely, maybe, it's, it's hard for me to remember the full trajectory of jessica jones it's true maybe that one started out a little slow i feel like too. jessica jones did too and it's it's mostly just in contrast to daredevil which immediately gives you the action yeah. the, the punching and, and so forth yeah which is you know i like both ways can be fine i'm yeah. sure luke cage will hook me i'm not hooked yet but i'm definitely gonna give it you know if i'm not hooked after five episodes i might not watch it all but yeah. i think i will be <laughs> yeah it's just like right now, it's the show kind of asks you to be interested in the character development first. Yeah. It doesn't give you necessarily like a plot hook right away. Yeah. Unless you're really in, if you're the kind of person that knows the Luke Cage comics really well, just the number of Luke Cage supporting characters that appear might be enough to hook you. Well, if you're a Luke Cage fan, you are going to you're, you're you're, anyway. you're watch yeah. all of this. Yeah, that's true. You're in, it, you're in it already. Just like I still watch Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, 
Because there's a there's a quite a who's who of Luke Cage characters in here that I was I didn't even realize you know I realized as it was going on like oh that's that person I know that person are yeah. there any that you know well that you want to talk about at all Misty Knight Misty okay. Knight classic and I I even said this out loud when we were watching it last night I was like oh my god that's Misty Knight yeah um, Misty Knight classic Marvel character uh, currently working with Sam Wilson in the Captain America series former roommate of Jean Grey. Do you think She's, that's pretty predictable that she would end up in as a major character in this series? Oh yeah, I was definitely expecting her to appear, but you see the character before you find out who it is. Yeah. You, like you meet the character and then I don't think it's until the next episode that they actually say her name. And so when they said, "Hey Misty," right, I if was they like, do oh, say it, you didn't catch it because yeah. I remember the moment where you were like, "Oh, is that is that Misty Knight?" Yeah. Um the same thing with, like, uh, there's this councilwoman named Mariah in here who, like, it's clear as Black Mariah, who's, like, a Luke Cage villain. Um, she called Black Mariah because she's black? Well, she came out, like, yes, in the black exploitation days of comic books and movies. So. There's not some other explanation for black being part of her alias? Not that I know of. I think she's just Black Mariah. But let me uh, look here. See if there's anything else. Uh, first appeared in Luke Cage, Hero for Hire number five. Leader of a gang of New York criminals called the Rat Pack. Um, I don't see any any description for why why she's called that. That's probably going to be kind of hard to find. Yeah. But uh, she has recently appeared in the comics in the new Power Man and Iron Fist series by Luke, Ca- or by Luke Cage, <laughs> by uh, by David Walker. Uh, she's like one of the primary villains in the first arc. Okay. So that's what I knew her from. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. Because I think it's really interesting the to way put her she's, in a political position. The way that she's been used so far makes her seem like you're not really sure how, how bad she is, how evil she is. And I, At first you think maybe she's just like a good councilwoman with some bad ties. Right. You know? But then um, it seems like this rejuvenate Harlem thing has some darker undertones. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of being... I feel like it's being kind of slowly teased and revealed that, yeah. like, like you keep seeing a little bit more of her, her dark side. I want to see her turn and get violent all of a sudden. Right. I think that would be, like... That's what I'm kind of, like... That would be quite a reveal. That's what I'm waiting for, is for, yeah. like, her... for Because now that you've told me that this is a major villain from the Marvel Universe, I feel like that is bound to happen. Yeah. So. Excited for that. Yeah. Any any other notes about Luke Cage? Um, no, I think we got to keep watching it. Um, yeah, I definitely. Uh, Which I am on... gonna probably do right now. Yeah, we might. Uh, <laughs> assuming go that watch them. assuming that Netflix is working again. Yeah. Um, but um, any other things we have to talk about this week? Uh, any other nerdery that we have? It's been kind of a busy week for me because I was coming back here to Michigan doing a lot of traveling. Where is Super um, Mario Run? It doesn't come out till the holidays. Oh, yeah, I thought it was gonna be like Christmas. I thought it was gonna be sooner. No. Um, I brought my Nintendo DS, so we might play some Pokemon here. Three DS. Three DS. What if we just left the podcast recording while we play Pokemon, and you just hear our like fingers hitting the buttons? Then people would be like, "I'm not listening to a three-hour podcast." Yeah, they would unsubscribe. Probably. Uh, don't unsubscribe. In fact, subscribe if you haven't already. We are gonna um, play Pokemon, and I am gonna destroy this fool because he does not. IV breed or EV train. He doesn't even know what that means. No, I just play it to beat the Elite Four. <laughs> uh, this dude, like, is a serious competitive player, so 
Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not super serious, but I am competitive yeah. for sure. Um, I just played a be the elite four and catch cool Pokemon. Uh, we should have a whole episode about Sun and Moon when it comes out. I'd be down for that. We should play Pokemon Uranium and talk about it on the podcast. I tried to play it and it was running really slow. Mm. It would like I you'd go into a battle and it was just unplayable because it was lagging so bad. So I was bummed, but yeah, I didn't get to play it. Well, uh, instead of talking about ideas for the podcast, maybe we should wrap this one up. Go watch some Luke Cage. Or uh, sounds good. Yeah, and we will be back next week. I think we're going to do a podcast next week where we'll be talking about some of the new Marvel number one series, including Champions number one, Jessica Jones number one. Um, there's a Kingpin. I'm going to read Kingpin for sure. It's not coming out next week though. Oh, yeah. ah. it's not out yet. Assuming uh, that it's still coming out at all, I guess yeah. we're unsure at this well, point. We still got to wait for Civil War two Kingpin number four to come out. I think that's going to come out before the Kingpin series starts. Should I proper. read any of those? It's only four issues. Okay, it's good. So, uh, and it's by the same author that's going to be writing Kingpin, so it'll probably tie into it. Okay, so I, I probably will. It. I probably will try to read those on. Um, yeah, anyway, and I gotta make guys, a list. I got a lot of books. I'm saying I'm going to read. That's great. Yeah. I hope our readers are saying that too, or our listeners, <laughs> viewers, readers, listeners. I feel like I feel like every podcast makes that mistake, like constantly. Yeah. Like say they say viewers. All right, let's wrap this one up. Uh, we'll come to you next week. Uh, uh, send us your send talk. us your tweets at. P much obsessed. Yeah, please send us any tweets, uh, questions for us. We'll read them on air. Uh, recommendations for books you want us to check out. Uh, we'll talk about them on the podcast or anything we you want, want us. More. Anything you want us to check out, talk about, anything at all. Send Even, us pictures of you reading the vision. Send us pictures of. Um, no, I'm not going to say it. Just even if you just want to say hi. Yeah, just a picture of you waving at the camera. Uh, at P much obsessed, um, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.